Hey, Filled With Messages friends, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Ruth Farrell, and amongst other things, I'm the lead pastor at St. Peter United Church of Christ in Lake Zurich, Illinois. I have friends who go to Texas each summer for a few weeks to visit family. While there, they always keep a count of how many scorpions they encounter. A scorpion count always ends up being both terrifying and mind-boggling. Since their close encounters with arachnid kind are so common, they have all sorts of tips and tricks for making sure they don't accidentally get stung. They follow them to the T, and normally everything turns out all right. Last summer, they hadn't seen any scorpions until the very last day. That morning, one of them went to put on their undies and, by the grace of God, happened to see the scorpion just in the nick of time. Why, you may wonder, am I telling you this story? Well, it's because our scripture text today features scorpions. Hear these words from 1 Kings chapter 12, verses 1 through 14. Rehoboam went to Seshem, for all Israel had gone there to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nabat, heard this, he was still in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon, he returned to Egypt. So they sent for Rehoboam, and he and the whole assembly of Israel went to Rehoboam and said to him, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. Rehoboam answered, Go away for three days, and then come back to me. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people, he asked. They replied, If today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. He asked them, What is your advice? How should we answer these people who say to me, Lighten the yoke your father put on us? The young men who had grown up with him replied, These people have said to you, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but we make our yoke lighter. Now tell them, My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam, as the king had said, come back to me in three days. The king answered the people harshly, rejecting the advice given him by the elders. He followed the advice of the young men and said, my father made your yoke heavy. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, open our hearts, minds, and bodies to hear you speaking to us words of wisdom, words of grace, words of justice, words of peace. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your eyes, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. God didn't want the Israelites to be led by a king. God knew that if the people were led by a king rather than God, God's self, things would get complicated. Humans don't always make good choices. I know that's a spoiler, but it's true. Humans in positions of power have a tendency to be particularly tempted to make bad choices. Again, I know you're shocked. But sometimes people do need leaders to help them ferret out difficult decisions. So the Israelites were led for many years by a series of what the Bible calls judges. The judges in the biblical book by the same name were not judges as we conceptualize them today. They didn't wear black gowns and hold gavels in their hands. They did settle dispute, but they were also filled with wisdom and grace for God's people 
perhaps the most famous judge amongst modern-day readers of scriptures, was a woman named Deborah. But after a while, the Israelites grew tired of having the judges lead them. Why, you ask? Because, wait for it, they wanted to be like everybody else. All of the other people groups surrounding them were led by kings. So why wouldn't God let them have a king? They had a near temper tantrum as they whined about their lack of a king to a prophet named Samuel. Samuel was so annoyed by all the whining, he asked God for help. God invited Samuel to warn the Israelites that life under a king wouldn't be much fun. A king will conscript your children into his army. A king will force your children to plow his grounds and reap his harvest. A king will force your children into making his weapons. A king will force your children to make his food. A king will tax you and take what is yours for his own use. Samuel ends his list of reasons why demanding a king is a poor choice by saying, you yourselves will become his slaves. But the Israelites still refused to listen to the wisdom of God and Samuel. Instead, they became even more insistent that God give them a king so that they could be just like everybody else. Can you think of a time when you were a kid, or maybe even now because we all do it, that you wanted to be just like everyone else? I desperately wanted stirrup pants when I was a tween. They were all the rage in the 90s, and as my pants were always too short, tall girl problems, I thought the stirrups might help that situation look a little less awkward. But my mom refused. She would not let me look like everyone else. That's a silly example, but we all have moments in time when we make choices because we want to be like everyone else. In some ways, it's just human nature. Sticking out often makes us feel, and sometimes just plain old makes us, vulnerable. But sometimes being different is good and beneficial to us. Learning to check why we're wanting to be like other people is really important, so that we're ensuring we're making the decisions for good, or at least in the case of stirrup pants, benign reasons. God caved and gave the Israelites a king named Saul. That went well for approximately five things, then things devolved. So God had Samuel anoint David to be the next king. That went well for approximately five years. Okay, you get the idea. It's not quite five years, but I'm making a point. Then things went sideways. David sort of managed to pull things back together, but not really. The next king of Israel was Solomon. Things started off well for Solomon, but surprise, after a bit, things started to fall apart. Solomon became greedy and lustful, just like all of the other kings before him. He conscripted the Israelites to work for him, forced them to provide food for his huge household, and taxed them to pay for his extravagant building projects. The Israelites were divided into 12 tribes. You can sort of think of them like states, like the state of Illinois or Indiana or California. Each one had a specific geographic area assigned to them, and they functioned somewhat independently of the whole. It's not a perfect analogy, but it's sort of close. Solomon put a particularly harsh burden on 10 of the tribes, which were north of Jerusalem. Things got so bad that those 10 tribes rose up against Jerusalem and demanded he treat them more justly. But before all of that could be resolved, Solomon died. Now we're finally to today's scripture text. Solomon's son and successor was a younger guy. We're not sure how old. His name was Rehoboam. When he arrived for his coronation, the Israelites said to him, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. In other words, your father was oppressing us. He was making our lives miserable with taxes and conscriptions. 
If you balance the scales, we will serve you. Sounds like a reasonable request, doesn't it? They're not asking for no taxes or no laboring for Rehoboam. They're just asking for the oppressive load to be lightened. Rehoboam told them to go away for three days while he considered their request. What do you think about Rehoboam's play here? Was he being wise and taking a beat to consider his options? Or should he have immediately offered his subjects grace? Did he really need the three days to weigh his choices? Or was he just playing with the Israelites? Rehoboam first approached the bureaucrats who had supported his father. He asked them, how would you advise me to answer these people? Note Rehoboam's word choice here. He doesn't say, my loyal subjects, or even my fellow Israelites. He says, these people. Probably a pretty clear indicator of how Rehoboam was leaning. The bureaucrats enthusiastically encouraged him to take the Israelites up on their offer. If you give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. Seems like pretty reasonable advice, but we're beginning to see signs that Rehoboam wasn't interested in being reasonable. Rather than accepting this wisdom, Rehoboam went to his buddies and asked them what they thought. Their response is so lewd that English translations intentionally mistranslate some of it. The part of Rehoboam's friend's advice that English translations do leave in the text as it is in the Hebrew is bad enough. Quote, my father scourged you with whips, I will scourge you with scorpions. What had the Israelites ever done to these men? What have they ever done to Rehoboam? Had these men advised Rehoboam to threaten great violence against the Israelites? Perhaps unsurprisingly, Rehoboam chose to follow his buddy's advice. After three days, he went in front of the Israelites and told them just how much pain he intended to inflict on them during his reign. The violence that Rehoboam decided to inflict was so nauseating that we might be tempted to judge him. But judging others is not wise. We too make decisions that are sometimes not filled with grace and kindness and humility and justice. We too choose to listen only to the voices of our friends, those who hold the same opinions as ourselves, those who engage the same news sources that we do, those who follow the same Instagram accounts we do. We need to learn to listen to a multitude of voices. Certainly, we need to learn to listen with discernment, asking how the voices wanting our attention are influencing us. Are they helping us to be people who are more like Jesus every day? If they're not, even if it is the voices of our friends that are not helping us to be more like Christ every day, then perhaps we need to tune our ears to other voices that can help us do so. Jesus said, Come unto me and I will give you rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In all fairness to Rehoboam, Jesus didn't come to earth until a long time after he lived. But throughout the Old Testament, we see God extending the same grace to people, The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me to lie down in green pastures and beside still waters. He restores my soul. One of the ways we know we are following Jesus and God is when we are an encouragement to others, when we lighten their loads, when we help them find ways to rest. Life is filled with so much stress, pain, trouble. Or perhaps we might say in light of today's text, life is so often a yoke of scorpions. To be like Jesus and God is to help lighten the load of others. 
Do the voices with which you surround yourself encourage you to make life's yokes, life's burdens easier for others? Do the voices to which you are listening encourage you to bring peace and grace and justice into this world? Or do they encourage you to scourge people with scorpions? Or since that's an image from which we can pretty easily distance ourselves, do those voices encourage you to otherize people, reinforce us versus them mentalities? Friends, this weekend always, I hope you will be careful to attune to the voices which are influencing you. I hope you will seek not only to listen to the voices of those who are like you, but all the vo- also the voices of those who are unlike you. May you notice and listen to the voices who are encouraging you to be more like Jesus and God, bringing love, grace, hope, peace, joy, justice, and rest to this weary world. Thanks for joining me today, friends. As you go from here, may you be on the lookout for ways to lighten others' burdens and loads. Grace and peace to you, my dear friends. I'll talk to you soon. Take good care.